Welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 37 of the 2023 podcast series where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And I'll tell you what, I know that the 2023 draft cycle is over. We've done all the lead up to the draft. We had the draft back in April and then we broke down each of the teams really took a look at what they did during the draft, even took a look at undrafted free agents. But now it's time for a quick look ahead. The 2024 NFL draft, obviously we know it is just under a year away in April, but it's never too early to start taking a look at the future. That's really what these next two podcasts are going to be about. It's really taking a look ahead. To that 2023 college football season, the 2024 draft class, and really talking through the names to get to know now. When we talk about readyforthedraft.com and the Ready for the Draft podcast, really, this is all about getting everyone ready for the draft. So that means who are the guys that you should be paying attention to when it's time, end of August, into September of 2023, who are the names that you need to be looking out for? So that's really what these next two podcasts are dedicated, really taking a look ahead. Now look, we've got over 50 guys that I want to make sure that I at least mention them on this podcast. So we've got a lot of material to cover in a short period of time. So let's go ahead and jump right into things to get started. And I think before we really jump into the offense, that's going to be the first side of the football that we're taking a look at. Really, we take a look at who are the guys that we think will end up coming off the board in the top 10. Right, So I think when you look at it, there are definitely two quarterbacks, without a shadow of a doubt, are going to be likely the top two picks in the draft, right? And Caleb Williams and Drake May. Running backs, I, I don't see a running back that's worthy of a top 10 pick. We know Bijan Robinson was the number eight overall pick of the Atlanta Falcons. There, there isn't a running back, at least at this time, that looks like a Bijan Robinson. Wide receiver, we've got Marvin Harrison. There's a chance that we may also see uh, Emeka Ibuka as well, but I think you know Marvin Harris is probably the guy that you're looking at. And then a tight end, you've got Brock Bowers, who's a, a difference maker, but his lack of overall size is really what's going to be the question mark. When you look at guys that are drafted in, in the top 10 at that tight end position, they've got the prototypical size to go along with the playmaking ability. So that's going to be a question mark there. But then you also have the offensive line. You've got three offensive linemen at that offensive tackle position, Olu Fashanu, then you have uh, Joe Alt, and then J.C. Latham. I think these guys, when you break it down, there's really seven guys that we could be targeting in the top ten. Versus the defense, I think there are only three guys that I really feel comfortable about talking about them in the top ten, and that's Jared Verse, the edge rusher from Florida State, that's Dallas Turner, the linebacker out of Alabama, and that's Kool-Aid McKinstry, the corner out of Alabama. So really what I'm trying to get at is there's a lot of firepower on the offensive side of the football in this year's draft class. Now when we jump into the quarterbacks, first and foremost, obviously I mentioned Caleb Williams, Drake May. That's going to be the battle. Caleb Williams, look, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, 6'1", 218 pounds. They're out of USC, the transfer from Oklahoma, followed Lincoln Riley to SC. And look, you know, 66.6% uh, completion percentage, over 4,500 yards. Um, 42 touchdowns, five interceptions to go along with uh, 382 yards on the ground and another 10 touchdowns. And what Caleb Williams was doing out on the field, I mean, there, there were splashes of Michael Vick uh, with, with the playmaking ability, making guys miss. There, there was the ability, you know, making throws, whether it was moving to his left, his right, forward, off of his back foot, a la Patrick Mahomes. Man, that guy had a, had a, a, a torn hamstring, and he's throwing off essentially one leg under duress, retreating, and still is able to throw the ball 45 yards in the air. Just some incredible arm talent. But look, one thing that I will say about Caleb Williams is he is not a, a finished product, which is kind of scary. When you look at him, he doesn't always take what the defense gives him. He's always looking to, to try to get that, that bigger play. So you worry about his, his ability to see the entire field, right? Um, you know, I, I think he gets locked on to his primary receiver too often. But then the other thing, too, is that accuracy from down the field outside the numbers when he's just in the pocket when the play breaks down when he is off script Caleb Williams is phenomenal but when he is in the pocket and he's got a receiver 
down the field, outside the numbers, he was not always that accurate. So that's really the big question mark that you have there with Caleb Williams. Can he fix these issues? If he does, then I think USC's prime for a big year. Caleb Williams could then separate himself from Drake May as that number one overall pick. Now I mentioned Drake May. Look, 6'5", 220 pounds out of North Carolina. Will be a junior, over 4,300 yards, 66% completion percentage, 38 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 698 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns. This guy, you know, he reminds you of Justin Herbert. You know, big, strong-armed kid, get the ball down the field. I mean, some of the throws that this guy was making, he's, he's under duress, he's going down, still has the arm strength, the presence of mind to find his receivers, throws with touch along with that arm strength. He's just a guy that, you know, you want to make sure uh, he, he's performing at that level on a consistent basis. You know, really, the biggest question mark now is you've got Josh Downs, you've got Antoine Green, who are no longer with the program. They've obviously moved on to the next level. You've got a guy by the name of uh, you know, Bryson Nesbitt, the tight end, who really is your number one returning receiver. So that's the question mark. You know, you think about Sam Howell and the regression a little bit in terms of the stats. People looked at Sam Howell a little bit differently after he lost you know, the likes of Deami Brown and Daz Newsom. Losing those guys, he had to really work on building some rapport with the other receivers. That's something that I think we're going to have to watch there with, uh, you know, with, with Drake May. Are we going to run into a similar situation that Sam Howell experienced? Look, Josh Allen also experienced that when he was at Wyoming. He had Brian Hill, the running back, had Taylor Gentry, had Jacob Hollister, the tight end. They all moved on to the next level. Took a little bit of time to build some of that rapport with uh, some of his other receivers, and that's going to take time. So you'll know, really want to see how he adapts to that. But look, those aren't the only quarterbacks that we should be talking about in the first round. Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington, 6'3", 218 pounds. This is a guy who struggled to stay healthy at Indiana. That's the biggest thing. Had the knee injury. You know, this guy, look, uh, you know, in, in four years at Indiana, he only played in 20 games. 20 games over four years. And you know a lot of that obviously due to the injuries. 2022 was his first fully healthy season. And look, 65.3% completion percentage. He was the guy, not Caleb Williams, who threw for more yards in, uh, in the Pac-12. For uh, over 4,600 yards, 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions. This is a guy who, you know, a huge arm, a guy that will make those throws from the wide side of the field to uh, you know to the opposite sideline on a line and just I mean the arm strength is absolutely ridiculous but can he take some of that that, that fire off those balls he's got to throw with with better touch sometimes he'll miss his mark throw a little bit high at times can, can get susceptible to some of those those picks so I, I think with Michael Penix Jr. he's gonna have to show that he can stay healthy and with his throws being able to to layer those throws a little bit better change some of the velocity a little bit uh, Quinn Ewers out of Texas look you know, you know, highly recruited, highly decorated, coming out of high school, goes to Ohio State, transfers to Texas, and Steve Sarkeesian, 6'3", 206. Uh, in his first year, just 58.1% completion percentage, over 2,100 yards, 15 touchdowns, six interceptions. He's in that battle with Arch Manning to be that quarterback for the Longhorns. And really, this is a kid who has a ton of arm talent, just a flick of the wrist, and, and he can, you know, put a lot of zip on the football does a great job reading the defense I think the injury obviously was a, a big issue with him when you watched him there against Alabama you got a flash of what this kid means to that program and so I think with Quinn Ewers that injury when he goes down had that not happened you, we could be talking about Texas beating Alabama in, in that game early on in the season he just needs to play up to his full potential, and that's really going to be the biggest question mark right now with the eyes on him. Bo Nix out of Oregon, look, 6'3", 214. At the beginning of the season, I was talking about I didn't understand the hype. I watched him there at Auburn. Uh, completion percentage, you know, look, at 59.4%, and just a guy that struggled. Um, I think there's too much pressure there. This is a kid who grew up on Auburn football, shows up at Oregon. He's playing free, playing loose. Just under 3,600 yards, passing 71.9% completion percentage, 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, over 500 yards on the ground as well. I heard comparisons to C.J. Stroud. Come on, I, I didn't see, you know, that's the last guy that I would think of when I watched Bo Nix play. This is a guy who's a really good athlete, can get outside the pocket. You're going to see the, the footwork and the ability uh, you know, within the pocket, manipulating it, keeping the eyes down the field. You can see him layer throws uh, over the linebacker in front of the safety. Um, 
you know, I think accuracy at times when he gets outside the pocket, he'll struggle. I think under duress, uh, you know, that's another issue with him. But I think Bo, you know, Bo Nix also the accuracy down the field, he'll struggle at times. But Bo Nix absolutely is in that first round consideration. As is Joe Milton. If you're looking for an Anthony Richardson of this year's draft, it could very well be Joe Milton. 6'5", 244, transferred from Michigan after three seasons with the Wolverines, goes to Tennessee, backs up uh, Hendon Hooker. And look, he got a chance when, when Hooker went down to the knee injury, threw for 971 yards, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. You see the giant arm, just a cannon, a rocket launcher for an arm. Can throw the ball 80-plus yards. And he's a really good athlete, probably runs in the four sixes. So he's not quite the athlete as Anthony Richardson, but I think he also has better uh, mechanics overall. The footwork isn't nearly as sloppy and, and needs to be cleaned up. So Joe Milton's a guy with a big year there under Josh Heifel. Watch out for him rising up draft boards. J.J. McCarthy's another one. 6'3", 197 pounds there out of Michigan. 64% uh, completion percentage this past season, 2,700 yards, 22 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 306 yards on the ground, and 5 scores as well. Michigan is not going to allow him to really showcase all of his talents, right? Because this is a run-first offense. You've got the dynamic duo of Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. We're going to talk about both of them here in a minute. J.J. McCarthy is a guy that needs to, when the game is on the line, needs to show that he can elevate his game and take Michigan to to the next level. This is a guy I think consistency, ball placement at times, being able to push the football down the field. You see the layering of the throws. You see some flashes. You just want to see that more consistently. Uh, Jordan Travis out of Florida State. Look, 6'1", 201, 64% completion percentage, over 3,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 417 yards on the ground, and 7 touchdowns. Uh, running the football. This is a guy, look, 5.2 yards per carry, over 1,700 yards in his career. And, and this is a guy, look, he's got the athleticism. He's got the arm strength. I think ball placement at times, uh, the, the accuracy at times um, on the move can get it, you know, can get a little dicey. His deep ball accuracy can struggle. But this is a guy, look, you know, he, he's kind of a Caleb Williams light, if you will. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams making a lot of his plays. But look, Jordan Travis is a guy that can also make a ton of plays with his legs as well. Spencer Rattler out of South Carolina, 6'1", 200. Not a guy that we're talking about in the first round. I think after Jordan Travis, you know, we're, we're probably looking at guys that we're talking about day two, day three going forward. Spencer Rattler's a guy, look, you know, had, you know, 18 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, but really it was his play against Clemson and Tennessee where you're like, wow, this kid, you know, this kid gets it. He's seeing the defense. He's reading safeties, understanding, you know, if the safety comes down here, I know what I've got. I've got man, you know, one-on-one -on -one matchup on the outside, and I'm, I'm taking advantage of, you know, of Juice Wells on the outside, beating his man. You just saw, you know, the, the maturation process. Can he be consistent? Can we see that Spencer Rattler each and every week? That's going to be a huge question mark. Uh, Cam Ward out of Washington State. Transfers from Incarnate Word, uh, gets there at Washington State, over 64% completion percentage, 23 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, over 3,200 yards on the ground. Uh, I'm sorry, through the air. This is a guy, I think he's got good athleticism. You see his ability to, to buy time in the pocket. Um, you know, a, a good arm, not a great arm, um, but he's a guy within the Pac-12. Look, Pac-12 is loaded with quarterbacks. We're talking about Cam Rising there out of Utah, 6'2", 220. Talk about a, a guy. He may be the toughest quarterback in the in, in the, all of FBS. This guy just taking shot after shot. I mean, big shots against USC in the Pac-12 championship. All he does is come back and lead them to victory. Uh, don't count out Cam Rising. He's one of those guys that look fourth, fifth round. Um, you know, a, a guy that could end up making his way onto a roster. Uh, look, Kansas. Jalen Daniels, six foot two oh three. Before he goes down to injury, this guy really had that program moving in the right direction. They could have challenged for that Big 12 title if he stays healthy because of the the, the playmaking ability, the athleticism. Um, 425 yards on the ground to go you know, with over 2,000 yards through the air. 18 touchdowns, just four interceptions. Continuing that development, I worry about the arm strength with him. That's going to be the biggest question mark. Uh, Grayson McCall, 6'3", 210 out of Coastal Carolina. Runs that offense to perfection there at Coastal. Uh, you know, the big question mark now with Jamie Chadwell leaving is, you know, what's that offense going to look like uh, with the Chanticleers? Um, you know, but this is a guy that I, I think, you know, the, the gimmicky style offense that they run there, 
um, you know, he, he needs to be able to show that he can run an NFL-style offense. Uh, K.J. Jefferson, 6'3", 245, big, strong-arm dude, um, 640 yards on the ground, back-to-back years with, with over 600 yards on the ground and 15 touchdowns. Um, you know, uh, he's a big, he's physical. The arm strength, pushing the football down the field, I think that's where he struggles at times. You want to see some consistency there. Uh, Riley Leonard out of Duke, junior, 6'4", 205, the guy that nobody's really talking about. This guy, think about it, he, he had over seven, I'm sorry, just under 700 yards on the ground, 13 touchdowns to go along with basically 3,000 yards through the air, and nobody's really talking about Riley Leonard. This is the guy, the ball placement you see is absolutely there. He's he's kind of my sleeper right now in this year's draft class. And then one final guy to mention is Austin Reed out of Western Kentucky, 6'2", 230, over 4,700 yards. This is a dude that just throws a ton of footballs, um, you know, obviously in that pass-happy offense. But you know, this is a guy that can play. You know, he'll probably be a guy that's going to find find his way onto the raw onto a roster as a day three guy. But keep an eye on Austin Reed. Other names to, to think about. You know, obviously Frank Harris out of UTSA, tremendous athlete with the football in his hands. Tanner Mordecai, look, he, he's there at Wisconsin now. It's not your your father's Wisconsin. This is going to be a Luke Fickle led offense. So Tanner Mordecai is going to be able to elevate his game. Keaton Slovis out of BYU now. You know, started his career at USC, then he went to Pitt. This is a guy that's just been hampered with some injuries, a very accurate passer, and I know that the NFL scouts love the accuracy coming out of Keaton Slovis. Takes us to the running back position, and look, when I'm talking running backs, I look at Travion Henderson, and I think Travion Henderson is the number one running back right now. Kind of been back and forth with things, but you watch the feet. Very quick feet, the lateral agility. He'll hop from one hole to the next. If he's got a hole that's filled, he's going to be able to get over to two, three holes, and then be able to, to get to the outside. The lateral quickness is, is there. The speed coming down the field. You see the contact balance. You know, this is a guy, you know, you also see him picking up blitzes, steps up into the hole, gets that blitzing linebacker, gave C.J. Stroud time. Uh, just want to continue to see him develop in, in the passing game. You know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, this past season, um, Look, you know, just four receptions, but a season ago, a season prior, as a true freshman, 27 receptions, getting the football into his hands. And we know that the injury obviously kind of kind of slowed his progress, but over 1,200 yards as a freshman, 6.8 yards per carry, and 15 touchdowns on the ground. Travion Henderson, 5'10", 210, probably the number one running back right now. Then you've got Rocket Sanders, Raheem Sanders out of Arkansas. Look, 6'2", 225. He was recruited as a receiver and then went moved to running back really out of necessity and in 2022 over 1400 yards on the ground 6.5 yards per carry 10 touchdowns also 28 receptions this is a guy that i think is starting to get some momentum look because he's that converted receiver you know he's got an unorthodox running style but man this guy is an absolute beast he can run through you at times uh there was a play against alabama that i just thought was great rough play to the right saw the vision sees that cutback lane able to plant shoot back to the inside Will Anderson coming down the field. He's able to get inside Anderson, quick cutback, beats him, and then able to get down the field. You know, you see the patience, allowing his blockers to set up. You're able to run through tackles, ran through a Will Anderson tackle. Uh, and uh, you know, just a guy that you know understands you know the flow of the of the defense, being able to cut off of that, take advantage of the over-pursuing defenders. Uh, you, you see the athleticism, his ability to cut, spin, avoid defenders, then that leg drive as well. I, I think Rocket Sanders is the guy that's going to be competing for that number one running back spot. Same with Blake Corum. Look, Blake Corum, 5'8", 212. He'll put on a lot of muscle, and you saw that with the way that he was running the football. Absolute beast. Um, you know, over 1,400 yards on the ground, 5.9 yards per carry, 18 touchdowns. You know, only 11 receptions. Look, they don't throw the football to their to the running backs a ton. Uh, for that knee injury, this guy, the, the cutback ability, he'd see the hole late, still able to put his foot in the ground and get there. Bowling ball between the tackles as well, but then the speed on the outside. How's that knee going to hold up? Well, if he and Travion Henderson, it's going to come down to those injuries. How do they respond coming back from those? Braylon Allen, Wisconsin, the next great Wisconsin running back, right? 6'2", 238, just uh, look, you want to find the next Derrick Henry, it may very well be Braylon Allen. Um, look, you know, back-to-back -back seasons, over 1,200 yards, 23 touchdowns. 
just 21 receptions. But look, when you look at, at who he's, Luke Fickle is bringing the offense from Cincinnati to Wisconsin, and I think that's going to bode well for uh, Braylon Allen. We're going to see him catching the football a lot more out of the backfield. You think of a guy like, like Jerome Ford and his ability to showcase what he could do on the perimeter. I think you know we could see a lot of that with Braylon Allen. But look, you, know, you think about that Ohio State game. You know, he burst through the hole. You see the really long strides. Didn't really look like he was running that hard, but took it to the house for 75 yards. This is a dude, uh, just contact. You know, 4.6 yards after contact. A, a guy that just downhill. You you worry about it, but you know you watch like that Washington State game. The cutback ability, the, the change of direction on a dime, the ankle flexion, getting that foot in the ground and exploding into the other direction, spinning out of tackles. This is a dude that has the makings of being another Derrick Henry in, in the backfield. And I know that uh, NFL defenses, you know, they, they don't like to hear the sound of that. Will Shipley out of Clemson. Look, 5'11", 205. This guy's a pretty complete running back. You know, this is a guy that can run it between the tackles, has the explosion, the vision, uh, and the ability to bounce the, bounce the run to the outside. You see the body control as a receiver as well. And look, this guy, the talent, um, you know, this is a guy, look, uh, 38 receptions this past season, over 1,100 yards, 15 touchdowns, but you wanted to see this guy get the football more, feed him more. That's really the big thing for Clemson. If you guys want to take it to the next level, I know you've got Kate Klubnik as your quarterback, but Will Shipley needs that football, needs his touches if Clemson wants to return to the glory there in the ACC. Trey Benson. Trey Benson is a, an absolute beast out of Florida, uh, Florida State. Transfer from Oregon, 6'1", 211, 990 yards on the ground, nine touchdowns, with 13 receptions. Would love to see him you know, be a more of a factor in the passing game, but this guy has tree trunks for legs. He's going to run through you, then he has that sprinter speed on the outside. Dangerous, dangerous running back. Uh, same with Bucky Irving out of, out of Oregon. 5'10", 194 pounds, not nearly as big as Benson, but uh, his given name is Marquise, but he goes by Bucky. And uh, you, know, you see the contact balance. You see his ability to run through tackles. That's something that I think jumps off the film. Anytime you watch him, loves the stiff arm. You see a lot of that. Love the hesitation to allow the blocks to set up. And then the burst explodes through there. But the power in his legs, running through tackles, that's something that you saw time and time again uh, at the Pac-12 you know, Pac level. And you know, this is a guy that I think is just going to continue to get better and better as, uh, you know, as the season progresses. Um, over a thousand yards, 6.8 yards per carry, and five touchdowns. Also, 31 receptions. So, you know, really a good receiver coming out of the backfield. Maybe a running back that you haven't heard of, but you need to. It is Carson Steele out of Ball State, now at UCLA, 6'1", 215. And look, this guy looks like Thor with the flowing, you know, golden locks coming out from underneath that helmet. But this dude, um, you know, was among the, the the leaders in the FBS and uh, led the MAC in rushing. This is a dude who, you know, just tremendous power, squats 615, bench presses 400, 7% body fat, downhill, just physical, he's going to run through arm tackles, but you see some lateral agility to make the first man miss, he'll spin away from guys, run through arm tackles, and then he's got pretty good speed coming down the field. That's one of the things that you see, ball security can be an issue at times, but look, UCLA definitely has a type of running back that they like, Zach Charbonnet. Carson Steele, 1,556 yards at the you know at, at the MAC level. Ball State, 14 touchdowns, 41 receptions in his two seasons there with the Cardinals. Want to see elevating his game to the Power Five conferences? What can Carson Steele do there? Another guy who's getting a chance at a, at a different school is going to be Blake Watson out of Memphis. Another running back nobody's really talking about. 5'9", 193 pounds. Over 1,100 yards on the ground uh, this past season at Old Dominion. Uh, eight touchdowns. You get him there at Memphis now. And, you know, this is a guy, look, the change of direction, the suddenness. I think he can be an explosive weapon in the passing game. And I think that can really bode well for his, you know, really help his draft stock quite a bit. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what that looks like for him. Devin Neal out of Kansas, the junior, 5'11", 210. I don't know what Lance Leipold has in the water there, but, man, he's got things really rocking in Lawrence. And Devin Neal's a big reason for that. A guy that has you know, the, the quick acceleration, gets down the field in a hurry, sudden movements, the vision, foot in the ground, good burst, getting through the hole. 
presses that line of scrimmage. This is a guy that I think is just continuing to just scratch the surface at his potential. Over 1,000 yards this past season, nine touchdowns to go along with 21 receptions. He's a guy that I think if Kansas wants to get going, he's the guy that you're going to have to feed early and often. Marshawn Lloyd, South Carolina, moves to USC, 5-9-2-12. This guy plays with a low pad level. I think he's shifty in space as well, pretty good receiver. He's a guy, look, you know, linebackers are going to want to try to jam him coming off on a wheel route or on, on, on screens. He's able to fight through that. Then he shows the speed down the field, some contact balance, spinning away because this guy is, is compact. He's going to try to run through you. Same with Mayan Williams out of Ohio State. Look, 5'9", 225. This is a dude that is, is going to run through tackles. Physical, physical, physical play. When you think about guys, we're talking about the number one running back in the draft class being Travion Henderson. You know, who was the number one running back last year? B. John Robinson. He was sharing the backfield with Roshan Johnson, who ended up being a fourth-round pick. Is that where we could potentially see Mayan Williams come off the board? Look, 825 yards in kind of a, a reserve role, filled in for uh, Travion Henderson when he got hurt. Williams also went down to injury, but look, 14 touchdowns. Wasn't much of a factor in the passing game, so obviously that's a bit of a concern. But Mayan Williams is a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Donovan Edwards out of Michigan mentioned him. The speed for days, just give him a, a, a crease and let him let him go. I think that's really big. His biggest thing is that acceleration and his ability to run away from people. And then one final name to mention is Frank Gore Jr. out of Southern Miss, 5'8", 195 pounds. This is a dude who uh, put up some huge numbers in the bowl game, really set a record for uh, the number of rushing yards in a bowl game. This kid just continued to get better and better as the game went along. Um, you know, against Rice in the Lending Tree Bowl. Keep an eye out for, for Frank Gore Jr. If Southern Miss wants to really take things to the next level, they're going to be right in the back of Frank Gore Jr. Who, look, this guy was also, he was a super back. This guy was lining up under center, taking the snap, and was a quarterback, throwing the football down the field for the Eagles. So he's, he's one of those guys that's going to be a dynamic weapon for Southern Miss, that's for sure. One guy at the FCS level to mention is Isaiah Davis. 6'1", 220, big, physical guy, over 1,400 yards this past season, 21 receptions as well. I think he's a guy, the Jackrabbits, look, if they want to get back there to that FCS title, you've got to, to feed the running back early and often. Isaiah Davis is a guy that I really like. Receiver position, obviously we got Marvin Harrison Jr., 6'3", 202, this guy, guys should not be able to move like he does. I mean, he's 6'3", 6'4", and yet, you know, his ability to sink his hips, you watch him on, on these these whip routes and sinking the hips and able to then accelerate, get back, and create separation, getting from inside, outside. Uh, it, it's just the, the, the body control, you know, obviously with his size and length, you've got the catch radius, you've got his ability to elevate, you see his his ability to contort his body. The I mentioned body control along the sideline, but then he also has that speed to get down the field. I mentioned his ability to draw to really sink those hips. I mean, that comes from his dad, right? I mean, you see a lot of the route running from his dad. Look, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to he's really the best prospect that we've seen at the receiver position since Megatron, since Calvin Johnson, and depending on. What happens in the draft? A lot of people are speculating. If Carol, if, I'm sorry, if Arizona gets the first overall pick, Houston ends up coming in there as well. There's a chance that they could have first two picks. Could potentially see them go quarterback and receiver. Look, if Arizona's sitting there at number one, they'll have to ask the question: Are we going to take Kyler Murray, you know, uh, out of the equation? Are we going to move on? Are we going to take Caleb Williams? And if they decide that they're going to stick it out with Kyler Murray then maybe Marvin Harrison Jr. ends up being the first receiver taking number one overall since Keyshawn Johnson. be interesting to see how that plays out. There are more receivers to this draft class. Emeka Buka out of Ohio State, 6'1", 203, over 1,100 yards this past season. Very smooth, smooth route runner, a guy that knows how to create space and separation. Uh, excellent hands, a guy that's going to work the underneath routes. But, but can also make plays on the outside. Romo Dunze out of Washington, 6'3", 200. 100-meter guy, 200 meters, 4x1, 4x2, uh, over 1,100 yards. He was the big play guy down the field for Michael Penix Jr. and the Huskies. Uh, Xavier Worthy out of Texas, uh, 6'1", just 160 pounds, very slight. But when you talk about Xavier Worthy, what you have there with him, 
is a guy that is, is a dynamic playmaker. The speed, you see the suddenness as a punt returner as well. He's one of those guys, just allow him to showcase some of that speed and let him take off. Um, Malik Neighbors out of LSU. This is a guy I think you know is a savvy, savvy route runner. A guy that create, uh, can create separation with the route running, but he also has dynamic speed as well on the outside. He's a guy for me that you're going to have to keep an eye out for. Uh, I think he just got better and better as the season went along there for LSU. Over 1,000 yards receiving there. He was really the favorite target of Jaden Daniels there with the Tigers. Um, how about uh, Johnny Wilson out of Florida State? This is a dude, look, he's 6'7", 235. He looks like a tight end playing receiver. Just like Aronde Gazin the second looks like a receiver who's playing tight end. But Johnny Wilson was a guy that was able to get down the field consistently. So I'm curious to see you know, the, the, the speed, the, the 40 time. I mean, 20.9 yards per reception and five touchdowns in his first year with the Seminoles after transferring from Arizona State. The, the length is absolutely there. There were some concentration drops at times. But man, this guy, you know, the, the catch radius is just silly. And he was able to consistently get behind defenders down the field was that a product of the offense i need to really study the film a little bit more with johnny wilson can he sink his hips um is he a guy that's going to be more of a vertical threat you know those are questions that i still need to answer but man he's a, he's definitely a dynamic guy uh, you know there for, for jordan travis uh juice wells antoine wells uh 6'1 207 started two seasons there at, at james madison 116 catches 21 touchdowns during that time then transfers to South Carolina, and you see the athleticism, you see the speed, his ability to separate on the outside, uh, his ability to, to stack corners easily and then get down the field, his ability to track the football over his shoulder, and uh, look, big play guy. Spencer Rattler, when he really got going, the guy that he was looking for early and often was Juice Wells, and that's ultimately why you know I'm, I'm really high on him. 928 yards receiving, six touchdowns this past season. So he's a guy to definitely keep an eye out for. I think that's that, that's for sure. Uh, Dorian Singer going to USC. Look, USC has a trio of guys. I've mentioned, you know, we've got a you know, a duo at Ohio State, a duo at Washington State. No, I'm sorry, at Washington. Florida State has Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, the basketball player that transferred from Michigan. Uh, Michigan State, 6'3", 210. But USC has a trio. They have got Don, uh, Dorian Singer, 6'1", 185 out of Arizona. He was a leading receiver in the Pac-12. You think of all the receivers in the Pac-12. Um, over 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. This is a guy that uh, you know, can be a playmaker for the Trojans. You've got Mario Williams, you know, the, the diminutive guy in, in the group, but he's a guy that can definitely get down the field and, and make some plays from the slot, a guy that can get, uh, can get vertical for you. And then Brendan Rice, 6'3", 205, struggled with a lot of drops early on, but down the stretch, very reliable receiver. Um, so I think USC with a trio of receivers. The question is really going to be how many times, you know, how many, how many footballs are there going to be to go around? Especially when you've got Zachariah Branch, you got Duke Ro Deuce Robinson, the freshmen that are coming in, Makai uh, Lemon as well. Man, I don't know how they're going to get the football to all these guys. It's going to be a, a tough task uh, for for Lincoln Riley. But look, you know, I mean, you know. You love to have all that talent at the same time. It's just going to be a, a challenge to make everybody or keep everybody happy. Troy Franklin out of Oregon, 6'3", 178. They're big play guy, vertical threat, excellent body control. But this is a guy, you know, he, very savvy route runner, um, explosive. And uh, look, over you know 891 yards and nine touchdowns, he's going to be the go-to guy there for Bo Nix. I mentioned Washington having a duo. Jalen McMillan, 6'1", 180. Over 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns, very sudden receiver, explosive, can get down the field in a hurry. He's a guy that I'd love to see playing the slot at the next level. Um, you know, UTSA had a duo at the receiving position. Uh, they've got Zachary Franklin, 6'1", 185. He's actually transferred to, to Mississippi. But, you know, this is a guy that over the last two seasons caught 175 balls, over 2,100 yards, and 27 touchdowns. It was a big play threat. Really want to see what he can do at the SEC level. Then you've got the Corian Clark. Really going to be that number one target for Frank Harris. There with the Roadrunner. 6'2", 210, 741 yards in just nine games. Keep an eye out for the Corian Clark. Putting up some big numbers there in Conference USA. Um, Jacob Cowing out of Arizona. With Dorian Singer transferring. He's the guy there. 5'11", 170. Reliable receiver. A guy that has that speed. 
on the outside. Speed for days, a guy that I think would be an excellent slot receiver at the next level. When I look at him, I, I think of Jordan Addison, just gives off those vibes. Very athletic, a guy that I think can make a ton of plays at the next level. Which takes us to the tight end position, and look, Brock Bowers is the number one tight end. Let's not get that twisted at all. 6'4", 230 pounds. The junior, look, in his first two seasons with the Bulldogs, 119 catches for 1,824 yards. That's 15.3 yards per reception and 20 touchdowns. This guy was a, a big play waiting to happen. Huge mismatch. Linebackers couldn't stay with them. Too fast for them. Excellent route running ability. A guy that can make plays down the field. And then too big for the corners and safeties to handle as well. You saw the body control, his ability to contort his body in the air to make the catches. Did a great job tracking the football. I mentioned the route running ability. This guy could do a little bit of everything there with the Georgia Bulldogs. But here's the thing. When we're talking about tight ends in the top 10, there have only been three since 2010 that have been taken in the top 10. Eric Ebron was 6'4 and 253 pounds. TJ Hawkinson, 6'5, 248. Kyle Pitts, 6'6, 246. So when you look at that, you look at those three guys, and Brock Bowers does not fit that uh, that narrative at all, does he? You know, he's one of those guys that you know is a little bit on the undersized side at that tight end spot. He's more of an Evan Engram type. 6'3, 227 was Evan Engram coming out of Mississippi and uh, was taken number 23 overall. So that's really going to be the thing. You know, there, a team has to fall in love with Brock Bowers, the player, and say, you know what, that's the guy that I want to target. Because look, Evan Engram, his last season there at Ole Miss, 65 catches, 926 yards, and eight touchdowns. Oh, I mean, that's what really what Brock Bowers did last year. Nine, 63 catches, 942 yards, and seven touchdowns. Very comparable in terms of the stats. You look at the size, and it really matches up as well. Um, but when you think about where the NFL is going, you think about Bryce Young knocking down barriers, really more of that, that slider frame at 5'10", and essentially 185, 190 pounds, um, playing the quarterback position. We haven't seen that before. Brock Bowers maybe knocking down the door on these, these tight ends that uh, look like buffed-up receivers. You know, It's one of those things that, hey, there's a good chance that we could end up seeing Brock Bowers, though, hit the top 10. And, you know, when you think about it, you look at the production, like, from Kyle Pitts when he was taking number four overall. You know, the, the freakish athleticism. Those are things that teams are going to be looking for, and I think Brock Bowers, you see the athleticism. I think it's, you know, you want to see that 40 time. You want to see what he does there at, at the combine. You want to see the testing. But, look, at the end of the day, just trust what you're seeing on the film. This is a guy that makes plays. He is a mismatch, just uh, waiting to happen. He's a nightmare to try to figure out. A, a guy that you can line up virtually anywhere on the field and can still make plays. Brock Bowers, to me, is a guy, I mean, he's a shoe-in as a first-round pick, but I think we can see him coming off the board in the top 10, no doubt about that. I mentioned Oronde Gazdin, the second earlier, 6'5", 210, uh, 969 yards himself. Um, that's just under 16 yards per reception and six touchdowns at 61 uh, catches. Just a smooth, smooth route runner. That's one of the things that you see with him. But at 6'5 and 210, is he really a tight end? He's more of a receiver. It's kind of like Johnny, Johnny Wilson. Is he really a receiver? Is he more of a tight end? It's really one of those things. You know, if Aronde Gaz is going to end up playing tight end at the next level, I think you, know, you kind of want to see that at, uh, the frame change a little bit. Darren Waller was, was a lot bigger than him. But Darren Waller was also playing receiver there at Georgia Tech, wound up making the conversion. That's going to be the question mark is, is where do you end up lining up Ronda Gaston at the next level? Jatavian Sanders out of Texas, another big playmaker. 6'4", 256. We really got to see what he could do there in 2022. Didn't play, had, I think he played in one game, but didn't catch a pass in 2021. 54 catches, 613 yards, five touchdowns. You saw the athleticism. You saw body control. This was a guy that, I mean, was able to keep his footing and still be able to get down the field. You saw his ability to contort his body a little bit, tracks the football pretty well. And uh, so I, I think that Jatavian Sanders, look, you know, there's a chance, you know, when we talk about tight ends last year's draft, we talked about Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, and Darnell Washington potentially being tight ends that could end up being taken in round number one. These are the three tight ends this year that we're probably going to be talking about uh, as guys that could crack the first round. 
Bremen Spam Ford out of Minnesota is a tight end that I, I don't think a lot of people are talking about, but they need to get to know number 88 there for the Golden Gophers, 6'7", 260 pounds. And this is a guy that, you know, he's he's adept at, at blocking uh, for the ground game, you know, obviously with, with Muhammad Ibrahim there. Uh, but look, 42 catches, 497 yards, and a couple of scores there for the Golden Gophers. Brevin Spam Ford is a guy that I think is going to be in the in the upper, you know, probably in that fourth, fifth tight end coming off the board. If a team really likes him, he may even come off the board even earlier than that. Uh, Brant Keithy out of Utah. Look, for everything that, that Dalton Kincaid did, Brant Keithy was really the guy there before Dalton Kincaid was at the tight end position. You know, 6'2", 230 pounds, a guy that uh, could get vertical on you. You know, he was creating some mismatches from that tight end position. He's undersized. We know this. But look, you know, as a uh, in 2019, over 600 yards receiving and six touchdowns. In 2021, over 600 yards receiving, six touchdowns. Torn ACL, only four games there in 2022. But look, if we're following the pattern, we'll probably see another 14 games played for the Utes, another 40 to 50 receptions, over 600 yards, and probably six-plus touchdowns. He's going to be a favorite target of Cam Rising early and often for the Utes. It's just the question really is going to be, what is he? I mean, is he truly a, a tight end? He's only 6'2", 230. He kind of fits that same conversation with Brock Bowers, only he's even shorter. Uh, so really, where do you play him at the next level? That's really the biggest concern more than anything else. Uh, another guy, look, Jaheim Bell. He's 6'3", 330, or 230. This is a guy that for South Carolina was lining up in the backfield as an H-back. Uh, but look, he was a mismatch. Uh, a guy that had tremendous athleticism. A guy that would get down the field in a hurry. He's now at Florida State. Uh, yeah, Florida State bringing in a lot of weapons. And uh, it's really going to be fun to watch them. But look, you know, this is a guy that uh, you know, 261 yards, I believe. No, um, let's see. 231 yards through, through the air this past season. In 2021, 497 yards and five touchdowns. Didn't really see the football thrown his way as much as I think he would like, which was why I think he made the move to FSU. But uh, look, you know, there's a, the athleticism, the speed. That's something that's absolutely there. He's just undersized. Cade Stover out of Ohio State, 6'4", 255. This guy was a reliable receiver at, you know, as a, at the tight end position. I thought that he did a really good job as a run blocker. This guy, though... Struggled at times, especially in space, trying to block guys out on the perimeter. Um, really struggled mightily at times there. Um, but let's not get it twisted, though. This guy was able to make plays down the field, did a great job tracking the football, uh, ran some really good routes throughout the season. He's the guy to keep an eye on. 406 yards this past season and five touchdowns. I mentioned Bryson Nesbitt from North Carolina earlier. 6'6", 245, good size. He's the top returning receiving weapon for Drake May. 35 catches, 507 yards, four touchdowns a season ago. Also a pretty polished uh, blocker as well in the run game. So he'll be a guy to keep an eye on for sure. Jalen Conyers out of ASU is another guy that uh, is, is tremendously athletic. He has really good size. Uh, 6'4", 250. 38 catches, 422 yards, and five touchdowns for the Sun Devils. Uh, you know, look, he transferred in from Oklahoma in 2021. Didn't really see a ton of action. Only played in four games. He's a guy, I think, Arizona State, they figured things out under Coach Dillingham. So I think there's a chance that we could see uh, Conyers have a breakout year. Austin Stogner, 6'6", 251. Really good size. Transferred with Spencer Rattler to the Gamecocks. Didn't have the year that he was expecting. He's coming back to Oklahoma for his final year. I think he could be a weapon uh, for Dylan Gabriel in that passing game. I mean, you, when you think about it, you, know, uh, you had Braden Willis, the do-everything guy. You know, he was lining up H-back, fullback, tight end, doing a little bit of everything. They needed a guy like Austin Stogner to really be that weapon up the seam. Watch out for that in the Big 12 play this year. Uh, Benjamin Urasek out of Stanford, 6'5", 235. Excellent athlete. Um, you know, look, you know, 658 yards and three touchdowns as a, as a sophomore, as a junior, another 445 yards. I think he struggles as a blocker, but he's absolutely can be dynamic as a receiver. One guy who's a really athletic 
Um, you know, excellent blocker is Eric All out of out of formerly of Michigan, now at Iowa, 6'4", 245. He's coming back from an injury, uh, but this guy, look, he's got a pretty decent catch radius, can catch really virtually anything thrown his way. Uh, so he'll be a guy to keep an eye out for as well in that group. Look, in 2021, 38 catches, 437 yards, and two touchdowns. Just played in three games uh, this past season for Michigan. Um, and look, the Eric Gilbert, you know, trying to figure out where he is now. You know, he had that tremendous uh, freshman season there at LSU, 35 catches, 368 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. Um, you know, he went to Georgia, didn't really do a whole lot there, played in just three games this past season. He's now at Nebraska. This is really kind of his last-ditch effort to really make a difference. Uh, Tennessee getting McAllen Castles. I think that's going to be interesting. Transfers in from UC Davis, 6'5", 233. Really want to see what he's going to be able to do in that offense. Uh, Gavin Bartholomew, 6'4", 260. Was a weapon there at Pitt. He's a guy to keep an eye out for. Phil Dracovic, transfer from BC to Pittsburgh. I think, really, Dracovic needs to have a big year. You know, he's following in the footsteps uh, of Kenny Pickett and then Keaton Slovis. What can Dracovic and company do there at Pitt? Uh, Michael Trigg is another guy. Look, I don't think he's lived up to the expectations at this point. Uh, really expecting a big year out of him there at Ole Miss. Only played in seven games this last season. 6'4", 245. Transferred from USC uh, with his quarterback, uh, Jackson Dart. Expecting bigger things from him. Same thing with C.J. Dupree. Uh, formerly of, of Maryland, now at Alabama, 6'5", 250, uh, over 300 yards, receiving and three touchdowns. I think what everybody remembers with C.J. Dupree is uh, you know, that play against Ohio State where he's, he's hurtling defenders. Um, you know, I think it was Denzel Burke that he jumped over, the 6'1 corner, uh, good speed down the sideline, broke a couple of tackles, and then elevates over him on this 20-yard catch. Uh, so... You get that receiving weapon. You lose Cameron Latou. You bring in C.J. Dupree. We'll get to see what he does in an Alabama offense. Exciting to see what that happens. Now we get into the trenches. And this is where I was talking about you have three uh, offensive linemen that I think are going to be top ten picks. And when you think about that, Olu Fashanu out of Penn State, 6'6", 308. This was a guy that I thought could have been a top ten pick in last year's draft. Could be the could have been the, the first offensive lineman off the board. Uh, just put it on the tape against Ohio State. Watch this guy go up against two different style defensive ends. The speed and explosiveness of JT Tuimaloal. Not too aggressive. Shoots his hands. Keeps his feet underneath him. Able to drive him away. You see him get out. Show a sense of urgency to get his hands on the grip. Strength was apparent there. Using his leverage to his advantage. Um, then you saw him against Zach uh, Zach Harrison. He wants to use his length, wants to try to use that bull rush and overpower him. Watch him drop his anchor and really be able to get in on him and uh, wall off the, the defender without giving any ground. You saw Harrison a couple of times get by him, but he showed that recovery speed, ultimately able to drive him away from, from Sean Clifford, who was in the pocket. And uh, you saw the power, consistency, like I said, but look, you know the athleticism is there. He'll be battling with Joe Ald out of Notre Dame, 6'7", 317, excellent length, excellent athleticism. Look, these guys aren't giving up any sacks. There, there's no question about that. This guy can be absolutely physical, can be mean on the outside. When he locks out those arms, you know, you watch him against USC, he was redirecting Tuli Tuipolotu, driving him up the field. Uh, Joe Ald's a guy, to me, I'm really excited to, to watch him continue to develop. Obviously, the NFL bloodlines with his dad. Uh, you know, he's a guy to me might have the inside track right now as the first offensive tackle. But look, Fashanu with the athleticism, obviously, definitely apparent. Then you got J.C. Latham out of Alabama, 6'6", 326 pounds. You know, he, he the right tackle there for Bama. But you watch the athleticism. This is a guy who's known for his power. But then you watch the depth that he gets on his kick slide and the ground that he covers and his ability to beat edge rushers to the edge and just drive them away from the pocket. I mean, it's a thing of beauty. He's a guy to keep an eye out for as kind of that sleeper in this draft class. Uh, Kingsley Suomataya out of BYU, 6'6", 326. Didn't give up any sacks. This is a guy that, that uh, could he kick inside to guard? That's really going to be the big question mark. Watching the Cougars, he's going to be blocking Keaton Slovis's blind side. Is he a tackle or is he a guard? That's going to be the biggest question there. 
Graham Barton out of Duke, 6'5", 3'11". Look, first team, all ACC, didn't give up any sacks there. He's protecting Riley Leonard's blind side. If Riley Leonard wants to have a big year, he's got to have Graham Barton really watching and protecting him on that side. Expect to see a lot of that. Very athletic uh, and, and a guy that I think has a chance to also be a first-rounder. Uh, Jonah Monheim out of USC, 6'5", 295. You know, this is a guy, look, he can kick inside the guard as well. Uh, but I think really the thing that, that a lot of people are excited about with him was you know, he wasn't expected to be the top offensive lineman there for the Trojans. But in his first year under John Henson, the offensive line coach, he really excelled, didn't give up any sacks. Keep an eye on Jonah Monheim moving up some draft boards. Jack Nelson there at Wisconsin, 6'7", 3'10". Um, you know, moving offenses, you know, I think it's really going to be interesting to see. Let's see what he can really do in that passing game. You know, this is a guy that we know can be a run blocker. He can be devastating there on the outside. But let's see if he can really man that, that left tackle spot there for the Badgers and really protect the blind side of Mordecai and Nick Evers, whoever ultimately ends up winning that job uh, at the quarterback spot. Uh, Connor Colby out of Iowa, 6'6", 308. Look, we know Colby's going to be a, a devastating run blocker there for the Hawkeyes. Jordan Morgan out of Arizona, 6'6", 320. Uh, this guy, you know, look, never panicked, always seemed to be under control. Um, obviously tore his, his right ACL against UCLA and was out for the year, but uh, definitely athletic, and I uh, just want to see how he rebounds from that knee injury. Robert Scott Jr. for Florida State, athletic as heck. 6'5", 334, you see that, you know, see his ability, but the pad level moves up a bit. Inconsistent hand placement where he struggles, um, but the athleticism is there. So he's just one of those guys, he's kind of a frustrating guy to watch because he can look so good on one play and then so poor on the other, on the next. So he's a guy that I'm looking to see take that next leap. Uh, Zion Nelson out of Miami, uh, another guy. Look, 6'5", 306, and uh, with him, his pad level wants to creep up. You know, you see the athleticism. You see very quick feet, um, hand placement. I think he lacks physicality, though. That's something to be looking for, and I think he loses leverage too often, and that'll get him into trouble. I feel like he's been there at Miami forever. Um, you know, I just think that we've been talking about him as a top prospect. I just want to see him put it all together. Georgia's got a couple of guys with excellent size. Amarius Mims out of Georgia, 6'7", 330. Uh, and then... Uh, you've got Xavier Trust, 6'7", 320. Um, you know, obviously, if Georgia wants to return to the SEC championship and to the college football playoff defend uh, their back-to-back -back championships, these guys are going to have to really ball out. Um, Ladarius Henderson, formerly of Arizona State, now at Michigan, 6'5", 310. We know that Michigan has had the Joe Moore Award for, for the top offensive line. He's going to be a guy that has to step up his game. Uh, K-State. KT Leviston, 6'5", 320, showed really good athleticism, pass blocker, run blocker. He'll be a guy to keep an eye out for there at K-State. Uh, Garrett Greenfield of uh, South Dakota State, 6'6", 295. Javon Foster out of Missouri, 6'5", 319. Uh, those are guys to keep an eye out for. I, I think Ro uh, Roger Rosengarten uh, out of Washington, at 6'6", 294. The right tackle is another guy uh, that, that I'm high on. And then uh, Walter Rouse. 6'6", 318. He struggled at times there at Stanford. I thought the foot speed wasn't always there. You know, see if he can redeem himself uh, moving to Oklahoma for his final season. I know Stanford, you know, really kind of struggled getting anything going. Really want to see how he's able to transition there uh, at Oklahoma. You know, that's going to really be the big question mark for him with his draft stock. We transition to the guards now. Cooper Beebe out of K-State. I had him as one of the top guards uh, in last year's draft had he decided to come out. 6'4", 322, and look, you know, the Wildcats, he's the guy. Played both both tackle and guard. I watched him in that Sugar Bowl against Alabama. He was going up against Tim Smith, you know, pretty strong dude. Gets his hands under that pad level, blew him off the line seven to eight yards. Uh, you see the grip strength, which is ridiculous. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, when he had that 88-yard touchdown, able to slide to his right, pin the linebacker, Henry To'oto to the outside as the center, turned out the, the nose tackle, Jaheim Otis, who's going to be a beast, um, to the outside, opened up that hole, Deuce Vaughn took off, took it to the house, but, uh, you know, again, grip strength, he's physical at the point of attack, 
surprising athleticism as well. This is a guy that he just needs to watch getting overextended, getting over his toes, ends up losing his footing in the run game a little bit. But uh, you know, no sacks given up, Big 12, Offensive Lineman of the Year. He's the guy to watch out for. Could he potentially crack the first round? I, I think there's definitely a possibility with a big year from him. Zach Zinter out of Michigan, 6'6", 320. This dude was just tough as nails. The power was absolutely there. The big question mark is the athleticism. You know, you watched in the Fiesta Bowl against TCU. Was beaten by Dylan Horton with an inside move, looping around, linebacker blitzing where he vacated. Ultimately, McCarthy had to step up, and, and Horton got the sack on the play. Athleticism, you know, and the quickness is, is the question mark, but man, he is so physical, the power in his hands. You watched him you're just driving Chop Robinson, that Penn State game, just driving him into the ground. So the, the power is really what I like there from Zach Zinter. Uh, Layden Robinson out of Texas A&M, 6'4", 330 pounds. Another guy very heavy-handed, climbs to the second level really well and seals off linebackers. Uh, he'll lunge at times uh, and, and get himself into trouble, loses that pad level a little bit. Um, but I, I do love his ability to climb to the next level and be physical. He's the guy that uh, is really a lot of fun to watch. He and, uh, and Zinter both, really Cooper Beebe as well in terms of the power. Christian Mahogany at 6'3", 335. He's back at BC, returning from injury. Uh, Christian Haynes, one of the more athletic guards in this draft class, 6'3", 305. He's the guy that I think has a chance to end up being a, an early day two selection. Uh, Jevion Cohen out of Miami, uh, Florida. Transfer from Alabama, 6'4", 305. Miami, look, Mario Cristobal, developing offensive lineman. You know, Cohen's a guy that uh, you know is, is going to be one to watch. Uh, and then you've got Troy Fatanu, 6'4", 307 there out of Washington. And uh, was a guy that played a lot of tackle. But you look at his body type, you know, the frame, he just looks like a guard. Quick, smooth with his kick slide, very patient with his hands. Um, you know, a guy that can be very physical at the point of attack. You see him, you know, striking, driving guys, you know, throwing them off their pass rush and, uh, you know, re rerouting really well. He's a guy, watch number 55 there for the Huskies. Uh, Clark Barrington, 6'6", 305, lost his running mate there in, in Blake Freeland. So now moving on to Baylor. This is a guy that I think you see the leg drive. You see his ability to climb to the next level a little bit as well. He was a former team captain. Want to see what he could do there in that Baylor offense with Dave Aranda and company. Um, you know, Ohio State has two guys, you know, uh, Donovan Jackson and, and Matthew Jones. Jackson 6'4", 300. Matthew Jones 6'4", 315. Uh, both of these guys have a chance to continue to work their way up. Uh, draft boards very athletic they can anchor a little bit as well uh, you know those are two guys that I look at and um, you think of last year you had both Paris Johnson Jr. and Dewan Jones well now you've got a couple of guys on the interior of that line um, so definitely keep an eye out for them if you want to get that running game going between the tackles those are going to be the guys that are going to be generating a lot of that movement on the interior of the line. And then we finally get to the center position. I think Cedric Van Praan Granger, 6'4", 310 there out of Georgia. I think he started every game in his career. Um, and look, he's got excellent length. Um, this is a guy who has tremendous grip strength. Um, you know, you watched him there in the, in the national championship against TCU. Shot his hands in on, on the nose tackle. The freshman, uh, Demonic Williams. And when he tried to shed the block, you know, the grip strength, he was able to, to keep that in there and sustain the block. You see his ability you with know, the athleticism, get, you know, climbing to the second level. Really quick shooting his hands inside. That's something that you absolutely saw. Um, one of the things that he, he struggles with is you know, that, that quickness right off the football, right off the snap. And uh, against LSU in the, in the SEC championship, Jacqueline Roy was able to beat him off the ball, drop the running back behind the, uh, or I'm sorry, for no gain. It was a first and goal play. But, uh, you know, the grip strength, once he gets his hands on Jacqueline Roy, he tried a quick squib move, but kept his, you know, dropped his anchor, able to keep his hands underneath that pad level, did not let go, and Jacqueline Roy was not able to disengage. I think Cedric Van Praan, is he a first rounder? Look, if, if John Michael Schmitz and, and Joe Tipman aren't being taken in the first round, I don't see a way that Cedric Van Praan is. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. 
Um, I think there are other centers as well. You know, Bryce Foster out of uh, Texas A&M, 6'5", 325. He just looks like an NFL center. Played all uh, of his true freshman season. He's incredibly strong at the point of attack. Long arms, extends into the defensive tackle, sits down, controls him at the point of attack. Uh, went down with the knee injury there against Alabama. Um, so some concerns there from a health standpoint. Bo Limmer, one of the better guards a season ago, 6'5", 302. He moves in, takes over for Ricky Stromberg for the Hogs. Road grader, generates a ton of run, uh, movement in the running game. Lead blocker, oftentimes for, for KJ Jefferson on those quarterback sneaks. Uh, excellent leverage, uh, shoots those hands inside. Really want to see what he can do there at the pivot. Zach Frazier out of West Virginia. I think he's only a junior, 6'3", 306, the vocal leader. He was in the center of all the hype circles. Uh, Four-time heavyweight champ in wrestling. You see uh, he only lost two matches in his entire career. You see the, the, the strength uh, with him, you know, the, the flexibility in his hips, plays with leverage, all things that you see out of a wrestler. And uh, he's one of those guys that I look at, you know, the athleticism. He's a guy, he and Limmer are two guys that we can see potentially move up in this draft class. So if I'm Foster, if I'm, I'm Cedric Van Pong Ranger, you know, I'm, I'm watching for both of these guys because I think they can end up you know, surpassing them as the top center prospects in this year's draft class. Uh, Justin Dietrich out of USC, 6'2", 305. You know, this guy, you know, he's pulling trucks, um, strapping up and pulling trucks, incredibly strong. Um, you see some athleticism. You know, you've got the guard tackle pull. Um, you know, he played a lot of, of guard because Brett Nealon was the center. Now he's moving over and taking over the pivot. Um, you know, there were a couple of games where he got blown off the line of scrimmage, which was a bit of a surprise. I think he can hold the point of attack. He showed, you know, when he's not uh, when he's not startled. Usually, it's it's the, the quickness and you see the speed to power. If he gets caught off guard, um, then he gets driven back. If he's able to get himself set, then I think he can anchor pretty well. So that's really going to be the big question mark: is how quickly can he get set and be able to get you know really hold himself? But you know, you watch that Notre Dame game; he's picking up you know linebackers that are trying to blitz, standing him up, and allowing Caleb Williams to make plays in, in the passing game. So he's a guy to to keep an eye on there. Matthew Lee out of uh, Miami, Florida, 6'4", 295. I want to say what was it? Was it Central Florida that he came from, but uh, I, I, I'm. Thinking about his his numbers, no sacks given up from the center position. Um, so that that transfer, I think, going to Miami, learning from Mario Cristobal, much like Javion Cohen. Keep an eye out there. Drake Nugent out of Michigan, 6'1", 300. You know he and you know that interior of that line is going to be set because you've got Zach Zinter at the right guard spot. You got Tra Trevor Keegan at the left guard spot. He's also a guy that should be considered in this draft class at that guard spot. Um, but uh, Drake Nugent transferred in from Stanford. Little undersized. You worry about the arm length a little bit. Want to see what he could do there in Big uh, Big Ten play. Going to the Big 12, you've got Andrew Rame out of Oklahoma, 6'4", 312. Pretty athletic there at that center position as well. And one final name to, to mention is going to be Willie Lampkin out of North Carolina. He's undersized, 6'2", 275. Uh, he, he started every game there at Coastal Carolina. Uh, but he's so quick off the football. Low pad level, gets his hands in early and uses that quickness to his advantage. But you know, is he going to be able to hold up there in the ACC just being so undersized? You know, uh, set, uh, other guys to consider would be you know, Michael Jurgens out of Wake Forest, uh, Seth McLaughlin out of Alabama. And I know that I believe uh, Dylan McMahon there at NC State is also kicking inside to center. Uh, so those are other centers to really keep an eye out for as well as we make our way into the 2023 football season. So that was a look at just a few of the offensive players that we should be keeping an eye on as we get into the 2023 football season. I've got a lot of notes on these guys already, but I'm going to continue to get back to the film, take advantage of the next couple of months, the summer months leading up to the season. Obviously, we know that the season is going to kick off end of August. So really what we want to do is for that 2024 podcast series is really kick that off beginning of August. So I've got a little bit of time, do some tape study and really be ready to start talking positional breakdowns for the start of the season. Obviously, we know that a lot of the work that's being done now will set us up for the season. And going forward, 
during that 2023 college football season, we'll have a podcast each and every week talking about the games that I watched, what I saw, and really talk about some of the guys that are really catching my eye and really moving the needle there with their draft stock. So a lot to cover, obviously, during that 2023 college football season and the 2024 draft cycle. But we're putting an end to the 2023 podcast series. I've got one more episode for you, and that's the defense. Who is going to join Jared Verse, Dallas Turner, Kool-Aid McKinstry in the first round. Braylon Trice of Washington maybe one of those guys. We could be talking about uh, Jerzon Newton there out of Illinois. And you can't forget about Jeremiah Trotter Jr. and Barrett Carter, the linebackers there at Clemson. Those guys are a couple of studs. I, I think it's time that we see some linebackers taken in round number one. I don't care if they're undersized. Those are guys I'd be pounding the table for to be selected in round number one. So give me about a week to get all my notes together. We'll bring one final podcast for you. Until next time, everyone, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Until next time, I am out of here.